Hello everyone, welcome to the Puck and Pigskin Podcast. My name is Jason and welcome to the very first episode where my host will be none other than Rod Peterson, 20 years in the CFL as the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, 17 plus years in the WHL as the voice of the Regina Pats and Prince Albert Raiders, and currently hosting a daily sports talk show live every day at 12 Eastern on Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, Game Plus. He's he's everywhere. He's written a, or he's currently writing a book. We'll talk about that in this discussion, as you will see. And uh, he also is the creator of Peterson Recovery, which we will also talk about. Uh, very good mental health talk there, and talk about. PST, PTSD and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Rod Peterson. Um, so yeah. I have I got a Hall of Fame broadcaster, Rod Peterson, with me right now. I'm inducted into the Saskatchewan Rural Sports Hall of Fame in 2003. 20 seasons as voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He's called four Grey Cup games on national radio. Uh, 17 plus years now as uh, broadcaster in the WHL. Uh, welcome to the show, Rod. How are you doing, Jason? Good to hear from you. I am doing great, and uh, I'm glad to finally get things organized and figure out what I'm doing and get this thing launched. Me too. My pleasure. What are we talking about? Well, um, I guess let's head to uh, a WHL. Your WHL career, I think, is where you started when you were very young. Uh, the youngest in the WHL, as a matter of fact, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, at age 20, I was a month older than the oldest player. That was with the Prince Albert Raiders in 1993. But you know what? I'll just Where I started was in high school, because I'm getting this question a lot. How did you get started in broadcasting? And it was... I was a farm kid and I went down to Weyburn, the CFSL, beat on the door and literally said, give me a job. And they said, what do you want to do? I said, what do you have for me? And that's where it started in high school, like grade 11. And then I went to college in Calgary, ended up back in Weyburn when I was 19 and then got hired in PA when I was 20. So that's kind of where it started. So it was literally, <clears throat> there was nothing else that I wanted to do other than this. Let's put it that way. So now speaking of your college career in Calgary, I believe I read somewhere and uh, most people probably don't know this, was your dream job at one time to do play-by-play -play for the Calgary Flames? That <laughs> <laughs> so, sounds, like, uh, sounds like my conversation with Ken King. When uh, I was hired for a week to be the voice of the Flames, Ken King said, why the Flames? <laughs> oh, let, let, let me guess any team in the NHL that you would want to be the voice of. I said, yeah, sorry. I'd have been the voice of the Hartford Whalers and been the happiest <laughs> yeah. guy in the world. So it wasn't necessarily, this is taking me back to my conversation with Ken King, actually summer of 2014. But uh, I did say I went to Mount Royal and I told my family here in Calgary that I will return one day as the voice of the Calgary Flames. And he just beamed. He thought that was the best <laughs> thing ever. So my dream job was to be the voice of an NHL team, but I didn't really care which NHL team. Yeah, exactly. I, I guess it's just like when you're growing up as a kid playing hockey, I'm sure it's your dream to play for any team in the NHL. So, um, yeah. so you're the longest tenured play-by-play -play man in, in Pat's history as well. Uh, who, who's doing the job now? Well, it's Phil Andrews, who I think is in his seventh or eighth season. He'd resigned last summer. And then with this wonky year that we've got, this abbreviated season, they've brought 
Phil came back to do this season. But I've had the most seasons in uh, Rough Riders history, too, at 20. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the, what, what's significant about that is when you're doing it, you're having a lot of fun. You don't realize the games you're racking up, the years <laughs> you're racking up. But then Luke Mullender, my good friend, uh, long, well, not long time, probably did color for me for three years. He said to me, I didn't even realize, man, that's a lot of years. <laughs> like for somebody to try, and especially in today's climate of media, to try and match that for both Pats and Riders, that's like almost a generation for two teams. So I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, that, that is definitely a great accomplishment there. Um, so now you're also doing uh, Pat's play-by-play now on Access TV. And uh, what's it like calling a game with Connor Bedard in the lineup? Oh, it's a dream come true. <laughs> oh, I can tell you. So it's, it's every single game's on television, and it's only for Access subscribers, cable subscribers. And that's all over Saskatchewan. It's not just Regina, but um, I say it's like broadcasting to my friends. So people are texting me, is he this good? I can't wait to see him in person, blah, blah, blah. But when I say broadcasting to my friends, it's the guy who's been on the air here virtually my whole career. Sometimes I'll screw up the calls or not understand what the officiating call was. And I'll have my friends texting me watching at home. (laughs) This is what happened. I'm like, ah, okay. So it's kind of, you know, you know what I mean? That's kind of a intimate kind of relationship with your viewers. So that's cool. But the Pats put out a graphic the other day that Connor Bedard statistically is ahead of Connor McDavid and John Tavares at 15 with what they did in the OHL. So somebody wrote me on Twitter and said, it's a little early to compare him to McDavid and Tavares. I'm like, you're a dummy. You don't understand it. We're comparing him to those guys at 15. But if you don't understand that, what are you writing me for? Blocked. Because I'm kind of tired of arguing with people over stuff that they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Um, and um, um, going back to your career with the Riders now, of course, 20 seasons with the Riders. Um, so many memories that you must have. And I'm definitely waiting for that book to come out that you're going to write someday. Because <laughs> you must have stories up the wazoo. Well, I'm, it's funny, I've, I'm one page into that book, and I probably haven't even, like one page, Jason, but I think <laughs> I haven't even touched it for like a year and a half. And the biggest reason was after I left the writers, I was kind of sitting around with nothing to do. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll start writing my memoirs. Now would be a good time. And then I launched the Rod Peterson show with Darren and Paul, and I haven't had a lot of time to, to write. But again, because I was just on the phone with a buddy this morning, talking about reflecting in the pandemic and just kind of sitting back and thinking about things. I had the voice of the Dallas Cowboys on my show recently. And one of the viewers asked him, what was your favorite era of Cowboys football? This guy's been calling Mm. Cowboys games for 43 years. And I'm like, you know, 20 years for me with the riders spanned some pretty cool eras too. Like the Shivers and Barrett era where they took them from doormats to within overtime of the West final, getting to the great cup and that whole, Neon green era that was fun that's a that's an era right in mm-hmm. and of itself and then from there the decade of decadence with Jim Hobson in charge where we appeared in four great cups in uh however many years in 10 years four great cups in 10 years one two and that included the greatest game in Rough Riders history greatest day in provincial history the 2013 great cup and then this era here where I saw Jim Hobson transitioned out and to what we have now, which is the brand new stadium. And while the riders have not got back to the Grey Cup, uh, pretty cool 
since Hobson left, cool to be in the greatest stadium in the country calling games. So that's like three eras packed into 20 years. So yeah, I got a story or two. Yeah, and, and I noticed you mentioned the 2013, the greatest day uh, in rider history or provincial history there. Not better than 89? Well, for me, it was. Yeah? Yeah, and but, but the reason is, while many will say the 89 Great Cup was the most exciting game in CFL history, 43-40 for the Rough Riders at Skydome against Hamilton, this one was at home in oh, front of 44,000 okay. fans. And yeah. I, I, honestly, in 2003, when Saskatchewan hosted the Grey Cup, you know, I mentioned, we used to do things that the riders don't do anymore, but we had a pep rally at the start of the season at Casino Regina in the show lounge. You ever been in the Casino Regina? Yeah. We packed the show lounge. We introduced the players one by one. It was like a college pep rally that you see <laughs> in the movies. And I stood there. And I said, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders will be playing in the 2003 Grey Cup. And like people, they're like, like they're like, are you high right now? Are you drunk? What do you mean? We're not going to get, you know, then there was a cheer, but it's like it, we were, you know, in Saskatchewan, Jason, as you know, for years, we felt we couldn't have nice things, you know, and we never, nice things didn't happen to us, not only with the football team, but just with the province in general. Mm -hmm. That mindset's changed over the last generation, but we never got to that Grey Cup in 2003. Right. So to have been hosting in 2013 was mind blowing to think that we'd even be in the game. And then it was not a close game. I think it was 45, 23 was the final. The riders just absolutely destroyed the Hamilton Tiger cats that day. It wasn't even a game like at halftime. I think it was 31 to five, 31, six. <laughs> like it wasn't like, it was just an absolute demolition from yeah. the start to the end. So nobody's calling that the greatest breakup game ever. Yeah. 89 probably was, but for to have, and, and the other thing is when you watch a Super Bowl or a Grey Cup, it's not one color in the stadium. It's 32 colors or more, right? Mm -hmm. It was all green that day. Maybe a hundred Ticats fans that were there to the friends and family, the rest, it was Rider Nation on hand, biggest day ever in provincial history. And I got to call it. It doesn't get better than that. I mean, even Jim Hobson, I said to him, how do we top that in the new stadium? Because I don't <laughs> think we can top it. And he goes, the only way the riders top what happened in 2013 is if they win back-to-back great cups. And because that's never before been done here. So and it's a pretty uh, lofty goal. And and probably more fans. The new stadium hold will hold more than 44,000, I assume. No, I don't think so. The no. new one holds the new one actually holds less than the old place, I think. Oh, really? It's, 30, it's 33,000. Uh, on the nose oh and then they're gonna add stadia seating in the south end zone up to forty thousand. but i don't think it's going to be more than forty-four thousand. no it's an it, honestly it's an optical illusion you it walk is. into mosaic stadium right now and it looks like cowboy stadium it does <laughs> yeah. until you realize it's one third the size wow of cowboy stadium at&t stadium it's the same designer by the way that's why you kind of get that feel or it feels like MetLife Stadium in New York, where I've been fortunate enough to be. It has that feel because of the green, but it's it's thirty three thousand, man. It's wild that that's the case. Is that the same designer that did Winnipeg's new stadium as well? No, I no? don't know who did Winnipeg's, and yeah, because Winnipeg almost has the same kind of same kind of layout, and the, and the roof system looks almost the same, and so I kind of thought they they may be related. Um, so let's talk about the new show, which isn't so new anymore, but, uh, I'm a, I'm an avid watcher every day, as you know, and, um, I appreciate it. And 
what you're doing is is amazing for not just sports in general, but for I want to say local sports, but more Western Canada, Canadian sports, because a lot of people aren't talking about Canadian sports anywhere besides Toronto and Vancouver. Yeah. You know, talking about the Leafs and Canucks and but yeah, what you're doing is is opening up the game to more viewers. Would you would you say that that's uh, well? I love the fact that you. Well, I'll just I'll just throw one thing out. Our tech guy said the other day that in all of February we had twenty five thousand hours viewed on YouTube, and by the middle of March we had fifty thousand hours viewed on YouTube. So it's it's mushrooming fast, mm-hmm. and you don't even watch on YouTube. You watch on Facebook, right? So yeah. it's so it's just it's growing really fast, and I love the fact that you're like our flames insider i'll never forget (laughs) daryl while daryl sutter's first practice you wrote in you're like flames just off the ice they they got bag skated today by daryl sutter it's like (laughs) boom 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 it's an it's immediate it's the only talk show in canada that's live during the day talking sports it's the only one i felt that there was a void there and if you are into any sort of entrepreneurship or startups you need to identify a, a void in a marketplace and mm-hmm. I thought that that was a case in Canada for a sports talk show. So it's a lot of things, but one of our founders, uh, Paul Drewen, he owns IKS Media, where the show is the production house where it's done. He calls it interactive TV. Mm-hmm. And, I think very much is. and I think you could attest to the fact that it's kind of addicting, right? You and, <laughs> and, and, and to be honest, I think we've done 451 shows. And out of those, I probably hosted 445. I probably missed six shows. But I'll never forget the day that we, uh, I eulogized my mom. I did, wasn't hosting the show that day, but I was watching. And I, I just had it on. And I'm like, I can't just listen. I have to look at the screen. I have to see what's popping up on here. I have to see what's going. You know what I mean? So I oh, get yeah. the hook. I get the hook. And there's nothing else like that out there. And is that because it's addicting? Or is that because this is your baby? And you need no, to see... <laughs> no, it was it was because it was no, no, no. I wasn't looking at it critically. I was looking at it to be entertained and maybe take the fact uh, take my mind off the fact I was eulogizing my mother that afternoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is one of the toughest days of my life. So I was just watching. No, I wasn't overseeing things at all. I'm not that kind of micromanager. Trust me. Um, but I just say it again. I feel like <clears throat> Jason, because I was doing a talk show on the radio for ten years before this in Saskatchewan and and, in our borders were basically just Saskatchewan. I never had any interest in growing outside Saskatchewan. It was big enough. It's a million people. That's good. Mm -hmm. But now with this TV show, it's North America wide and you're seeing it with the viewers, right? And where the comments are coming from. So it's just exciting to see where it's growing to where it's growing. Not as much as the viewers is, is cool too, but, but we've had to expand our topics. I never would have talked about the flames before. I don't even like the flames. You know that, <laughs> but it's, we have a lot of viewers in Alberta. Mm-hmm. So if the people in Alberta want an update on the flames, Jason's going to give us the update. Cause he's, uh, he's on top of it. <laughs> and, it's and pretty not, cool. Not only, not only Alberta, you're expanding a lot into the States. You have a lot of us followers. Well, I would say a year ago, one third of our viewers were American. And now here we sit in uh, almost April, about half of our viewers are American. And I think the reason, there's two reasons for that. They love the Canadian Football League talk. Mm-hmm. I really think they do because they're just huge football fans. 
And I know for a fact they love the NHL talk because they, they don't get it anywhere down there. They don't get it anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think the hook is. But, I mean, we got a regular viewer in Albany, New York. They just got an NLL team, right? He likes the NLL coverage. Not that we do a ton because they're not playing, but you got a team in Calgary. We have a team in Saskatoon. There's, I think there's five teams in Canada. Like, it's TSN doesn't talk about – they don't talk about the CFL much. They, they <laughs> ignore the NLL. And we've built a really big, a really big relationship with the CEBL, which is like mm-hmm. basket, basketball's version of the CFL. And uh, so it's, again, these are ignored sports and leagues by TSN and Sportsnet. You said it, like it's a void that's been a lot of Western Hockey League talk, a lot. You know, and I'm, and I'm calling the Pats games now. So it's just, these leagues have been ignored. So they're coming to us with their scoops and with their interviews and with their information because nobody else is reporting it. We're more than happy to, to put it on the air because we're fans. Yeah, exactly. I think I actually referred to TSN on your show one time as the Toronto Sports Network. <laughs> well, they've been called that for years. They've been called Full that for coverage years. of the Leafs. <laughs> well, what, what we're understanding is, and we have a small tug of war internally with our people because we have a lot of Leafs fans on our staff. I still don't know why you would be a Leafs fan, but whatever they are. <laughs> but because our show airs on Game Plus television, and their head office, their studios are in downtown Toronto, like three blocks from Scotiabank Arena. They are the tail that wags the dog of our show. They dictate our show time. They dictate a lot of things. And we look at the numbers and go, oh, wait. Now I see why Trudeau is so popular and why he caters to the East. That's where the population is. That's, mm-hmm. why, that's why TSN caters to the Leaf fans, because that's where the people are, right? Yeah. But the difference here is, and what I tell my guys, they're watching us because we're not the Leafs. We're anti-Leafs. We're not going to talk more Leafs because we have all these viewers in Ontario. They're watching us because they're tired of the Leaf coverage. And there is nobody in Western Canada talking about sports. BC is its own distinct society. You know, they, they, they love the Canucks. As, as we found Leafs. out in the last few days here, because they want to break out from the, from the, yeah. the junior hockey thing, they, they want to break apart. But yeah. If you're familiar with the mentality of BC, and I love BC people, but I've had media out there in Vancouver say the Rocky Mountains are a vortex. <laughs> Once you come <laughs> over the Rockies, we're our own distinct society. And that's not saying anything bad. Quebec is a distinct society. The Maritimes mm-hmm. are a di- distinct society. It's their own thing. Yeah. But so, so if you're familiar with that mentality, then you would see why the BC Hockey League wants to split off and form their own league. And the rest of Canada, not too cool with it, but you're not going to stop them if they want to do it. Yeah, I, we actually lived in Victoria for a year uh, back in 2007, 2008. So definitely different mentality out there, different pace of life. Uh, it's a whole other world. Yeah, it's not a worse world. It's just a different no, world. Right? No, yeah. it, it's definitely different, but you know. Um, so aside from the show, you got, uh, you also have, uh, Peterson recovery incorporated going on where you've, uh, become a sober coach, uh, for athletes and entertainers battling addiction and mental illness. Um, talk a little bit about that and what brought you to start that and how that's going for you. Well, like anything, like I know it's a long story, but try to, no, 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 no. I'll do it in two minutes. Um, (laughs) Like everything in my life, it, I do it backwards. So <laughs> I'll, I'll put it this way. I didn't plan to become an alcoholic. My father was a recovering alcoholic. I became, once I did, 
I didn't plan to get sober, didn't want to. Then once I did, I didn't plan to become a recovery coach, sober coach. That was sort of pushed on me. And so I was two years into recovery after facing an intervention. January 27th, 2015 is my sober date. I, was, I faced an intervention. If you're familiar with the show, it's not fun to, to be in that chair. And two years in, down my road of sobriety, I was offered the opportunity to become a sober coach by a company out of Montreal called Hired Sobriety. They just had heard about me and liked me. And they said, you got to go get some education and addiction treatment. So I did, which has led to intervention training, grief, trauma, stress management. Because the more you, the more, there's enough work in this. Once you go down that rabbit hole of helping other people, it's a infinite, infinite world of hurting people, Jason, right? So I didn't plan to get into this Rod Peterson show after I left the Rough Riders. I was going to do pursue recovery work full time because it just makes you feel better. It's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. But I had the opportunity to host the show offered to me. So now I do both and it works great. Cause you just said athletes and entertainers, that's the world that I'm in sports and entertainment. They work perfectly together and I have all the training and I'm helping people every day. And it's the best thing that I've ever done. I don't yeah. even think I took, I don't think I took two minutes to answer that. And, and oddly enough, both jobs entail you discussing things that nobody else wants to talk about or no one else is talking oh, you, about. You noticed. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, no, 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 so, I, I, no, no, I'm not. What do you mean by that? Like, I, yeah, because well, people are so, yeah, you go ahead. Well, of course, we've already covered the sports and how, you know, nobody's talking about the WHL and, you know, the, the Edmonton Oilers and Winnipeg Jets and stuff. And, but in your, in the Peterson recovery, you know, mental illness is a thing that nobody's talking about. You know, the stigma's there and, and nobody wants to, for one, the, the people going through it, they don't want to come forward or they want to, but they feel they can't. So nobody's having those conversations, right? Yeah. So the reason I, okay, I misunderstood you a tad when you say <laughs> what, no, 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 just how you say what people don't want to talk about. You look at the CFL being on death's door and mm -hmm. I'm sitting there on my show every day saying, and you, you actually said that they brought, do you feel like it's Groundhog's Day? You're saying the same thing. People <laughs> yeah. aren't getting it. They're not getting it. People don't want to hear the truth yeah. in life or sports. Sports is a microcosm of life. I'm like, it's dead. It's over. It's either going to die or you need to do something to pivot to save it. But you just want it to go down. Are you going to let it go down? I'm saying the truth every day on the show and people don't want to hear it. And they're getting very angry at me. And I don't care because I can take it. In the recovery mm -hmm. world, you you're in people's face going you're at the end of the line buddy you're at the end of the line mm -hmm. so you're either going to change your life or you're going to lose everything the choice is yours right that's kind of what it is with with recovery okay and i'm not speaking from a moral superior ground here because i was in that chair faced that choice and i made the choice to change change my yeah. life whereas with the cfl it's like you guys want to keep pounding this square hole square peg into a round hole it's not going to go so the more that you fight with each other and point your finger at each other, and the players are blaming the owners and the owners are blaming the players and the fans are blaming both. You know what I mean? It's going to go down. Mm -hmm. So that's the point. I call the recovery business, the truth business, the honesty business sports is anti that. Yeah. And, and, exactly. and, 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 yeah. and, and by the way, I think I would hope your viewers will find this entertaining. One of the very first meetings I ever had with the military, and it's been a few years now, I hope I get this right. 
they said, uh, oh, yeah, we have two, two sayings here, two mantras. One, never lie. And two, no man gets left behind. And I'm like, oh, my God. I got down on my knees. I'm like, <laughs> I'm home. I said, I come from the world of sports where it's always lie and every man for himself. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm tired of living that way. That's not me. That's draining. That's not the way that I want to live. Whereas with the military, those guys, you were talking about mental toughness, boot camp, what they go through. We all see, you're old enough to remember the movie Officer and the Gentleman where the guy's doing the push-ups and the mud and the sergeant's yelling in his face. Yeah. What I learned in the military is that boot camp is not about physical toughness per se. No. It's as much about mental toughness and breaking you down and all your beliefs and everything and then building you back up in the right frame of mind. So that's how I feel that I've lived my life and working with the military has been, that is the greatest thing that I've ever done. And I just look at this world where everybody's so soft right now. And I've had, my own brother said to me, you can't compare every situation to the military and the, and the way the soldiers live. I said, why not? Why can't I? Because if you do, you'll realize your problems aren't that, aren't that big compared to what they're living through. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so yeah, um, now you've you've asked uh, going still sticking with your recovery story and and the Peterson recovery. Um, you were working a job where you know they didn't give up on you, and rather than you know fire you, uh, they you know worked it out with you. And you're you're and I, I think you asked your wife at one point, you know, why are you staying with me? And and she said because she knows the man you know, the man I fell in love with is in there somewhere. And do you find that every person you work with in the recovery field, do you find that person that they really are? Or is there some that fall through the cracks, do you think? Well, a lot fall through the cracks. Uh, sure. For, for, you know, a lot of people don't want to look in the mirror. A lot of people don't want to get honest. The mm -hmm. thing that I, that bothers me with dealing with families and in some cases, employers is <clears throat> just to back up for a second. I had given up on myself. My dad mm -hmm. quit drinking like flipping a light switch. I tried to quit drinking like flipping a light switch and I couldn't do it. And that's when I realized I said, I'm worse than my dad. I can't, I can't quit drinking. So I said to my wife, but why are you with me? And that's how that conversation came up. I said, I'm a lost cause. I'm the worst of the worst. And she wouldn't give up. So once I realized once I could beat this with help i needed help there's still people now that just don't want the help there's a lot it's really unfortunate but i hate when people say my son fell through the cracks he couldn't get in a meeting with a psychiatrist he couldn't meet with a therapist we couldn't afford counseling just dm me i think i mentioned that the last chat that we had just start with me right but no they don't want to reach out mm. you know what i'm saying yeah. Or, or, or somebody will come to me and say, so-and-so struggling. Will you talk to them? I'm like, I'll talk to them. If they call me, I'm not calling them. I'm not chasing them. Yeah. And when they don't call, it tells me they don't want to get better. They're not at the end of the line yet. Does that make sense? That so does make, it yeah. does make sense. And you, you may or may not know this, but my wife and I were actually uh, in the crowd at the, in, during the Vegas shooting and um, since then, I've, I've joined Facebook groups and stuff um, pretty much right after that happened, uh, support groups. 
And I've seen a lot of conversation on there and a lot of DM messages back and forth. And, and I see the people that, you know, think they're fine and, and don't want to talk about things. But I also see some messages that they, you know, that they post and I know that they're, they want to talk about something, but you know, they, they won't. So I, I see what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I've learned a lot about PTSD. I knew really nothing about it until I got into this. You think it's just for soldiers. At least that's what I thought. And then I realized it's any traumatic event in your life that if you don't deal with, it will be triggered for years until you mm -hmm. deal with it and process it in your own mind. That's all. It's not the hardest thing to overcome, but you need to take the first step in saying, I need to address this. And some just, they don't want to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, I guess I'm just going to end off with a couple personal questions here. Um, so being a play-by-play -play guy for so many years in, in multiple sports, we'll say, um, what are your favorite plays that you personally have called? on the radio Plays? yeah <laughs> what, what, well, what were your favorite calls that you've done well the one that i'm remembered for to this day as you know is bo levi <laughs> shut your mouth and you're a rough rider <laughs> fan despite living in alberta right <laughs> no you're I'm not a rider i'm fan? a stamps fan okay i'm sorry well you said you grew up here so i thought <laughs> i did, I did which is odd well that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> yeah well anyways that one and i think that's what finished me with calgarians was bo levi shut your mouth so it is what it is uh when the riders won the great cup in 2007 in toronto the first great cup in my time with the team i said go crazy saskatchewan go crazy they still play that on the air um i stole that from jack buck joe buck's dad in st louis but nobody remembers him saying that and, uh, you know, they would relate to football, those favorite calls. I had some good ones with the World Juniors when it was in Edmonton and Calgary, too, by the way, that uh, Sportsnet still has in the vault. So, yeah, that's, there, there's a lot of great memories that way. Who is your favorite play-by-play uh, -play, uh, announcer? Do you, did you look up to somebody or? Yes. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin Gallant was the voice of the Regina Pats from 1980 to 1988 on CKRM radio. My dad worked for the team for a portion of that time. And I'll never, ever, ever forget. I think I was 12 when my dad brought me into the press box in the Regina Agrodome for the first time. <laughs> and every time I walk in there now, because I'm doing the games there in the WHL hub, the other day I stopped and took a picture of it. I'm like, this is the exact view I had when I was 12 years old. 36 years ago and it's still i still get tingles every time i walk in there so Ke kevin gallant i know it's not a name that stands up there with bob cole or uh bob costas but he had the biggest impact on me because i was a kid listening on the farm 30 miles south of regina to kevin gallant every night or call pat's games so yeah nice uh so yeah um this uh this deal now with access and doing the play by play with the Pats is it is it great to get it's obviously great to get back into the action right well it's I've told my family that if they'll have me I'll never leave because all I ever wanted <laughs> well I'm serious all I ever wanted to do was hockey I was never That's a good. football guy I was never a football guy growing up I never had the dream of being the voice of the Rough Riders it it happened and it was a wonderful portion of my life because I've got all these new friends and great memories and great cap rings but I'm and I don't regret making the choice to pick football over hockey at the time when it was presented to me. But now to be back, it's the concept of recovery, Jason. 
to, to get something back that you thought you'd never ever have again, there's no greater gift in the world. So for me, it's my life before alcohol and sobriety or Pat's hockey with my favorite team ever, ever of all the teams. <laughs> you can see why I'm such a happy guy. Yeah, no kidding. Happy guy doing Pat's play-by-play, -play, uh, your own show on national uh, television, and uh, still writing that book. Rod Peterson is doing it all right now. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. I'm very, uh, very lucky. Very lucky guy. Yeah, no worries. You're uh, you're definitely one of my influences to actually get a podcast going and talking about sports just as you do every day. Uh, I won't be doing it every day, but then I can't, I, I don't know how you come up with stuff every day, but I guess you let the fans take over a lot of the show with the conversation and interaction. And that's great. And we're loving it. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Well, I appreciate you being a part of it. Yeah, no worries. So I'm going to post all of your uh, socials and stuff in the descriptions and probably on the screen when I uh, post edit this, but uh, give a shout out uh, to, to what you got going on and where people can find you. Uh, me personally, all social media platforms, Rod Peterson, search it out and you'll find me Rod Peterson show. Same thing. We're on Instagram and Twitter. And for my recovery work, it's under Peterson Recovery. And we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. DM me there if you want to have a talk. If you don't know where to go, if you're struggling, I'll uh, be more than happy to have a conversation about that. Yeah, excellent. Well, it was great to get you back on. As people may or may not know, we, I messed this up the first time by not hitting the record button. And I'm glad you got back to me and we, we were able to do this again and get it right. Good luck with the podcast. Excellent. Thanks, Rod. And I'll continue watching every day. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Rod. All right. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Puck and Pigskin podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, like, subscribe on all the socials uh, so you'll get notified whenever the next episode drops. I believe I'm going to be dropping episodes every, it'll either be Monday and Tuesday. I haven't quite decided yet. Uh, this episode will be dropping on Monday. Uh, I think I'm going to do Tuesdays though from here on in. So yeah, like, subscribe on socials, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, going to be occasionally live streaming on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. And uh, wherever you hear, listen to your podcasts. So until next week, I'm Jason saying thanks a lot, sports fans. Tonight.